Hey everyone, Ari Zucker here, and welcome to Inspiring Women Revolution. And yes, on this podcast, do we talk about supporting women and supporting each other? Yes, we do. But we also bring on some amazing men who should also be in the spotlight. We talk about our personal journeys, our funny stories, our not-so-funny stories, all in the hopes to relate with you. So hang tight, and let's get this party started. So excited to have my next guest on, director Gigi Gaston. Welcome, Gigi. It's so great to have you on with me on Inspiring Women Revolution. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for inviting me because you're one of the most inspiring women I know. Ah, thank you so much. (laughs) You know, I remember our very first conversation on the phone. You know, we were supposed to be talking about the movie we were doing together. Uh, You mean with horses? Yes. (laughs) Just for our listeners out there, will you tell them why I, I was drooling so badly on my phone when I spoke to you for the first well, time? Well, you like horses, <laughs> of course. I do. I love them. But you were an Olympian. Yeah, I was definitely in training and at the at the team and all that kind of stuff. And I was, I was definitely in, you know, the top whatever, the top. Yeah. You know, and I have to tell you, it's just like movies. It's probably like anyone in any work that they do. You know, I was really lucky because I had a period of time where I peaked at the same time my horses peaked. But see, mm. it's about, it's the only sport in the Olympics that actual two, I, I call horses human beings. I know they're not, but two animals have to peak together. We both have to be in perfect unison together, health-wise, et cetera. So yeah. I am nothing without my horse. Just like I think an actor is nothing without their script. And a director is nothing without their actor, you know, and a writer is nothing without the actor and the, and the director and the producer. So it's like we, it really shows how much we all need each other. And, you know, our world of films, you get put with people that you aren't cohesive with and you try as much as you can to be cohesive. And sometimes you never get there. You know, moving on from there, it takes someone in your life to that's supporting you and that inspires you to keep you in the right mindset and I imagine where you are today you had that same person um, or people that inspired you the most but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your mother Teddy Gaston Getty well I have to tell you And it's not because she was my mom, but she was really the most inspiring person I've met because, you know, her life wasn't exactly easy, even though people may prejudge it. But, you know, she was a spy during World War II. She was thrown in jail during Italy during, you know, the war. I don't think I could have survived that. You know, at 18, she came out with a white streak through her hair because she was so malnutritioned. She was also... In, in, an, in an interesting time, like unlike what we have today, which is, you know, we're, we're pretty protected today if we're sexually abused as children, or at least we can reach out and people don't look at you like you're insane. And she was sexually abused by her stepfather, ran away from home at 13 to go get a job on Broadway, you know, and in those days, you know, God, I'm getting into such a heavy subject, but I'm going to just say in those days, you know. They said to, he said to my mother, if you tell anyone, I'll have them put you in an insane asylum and tell them you wanted it. And see, we are, we've come such a long way, women, even though we still have lots to go. 
and, you know, young kids, because we can at least speak out. Now, some can and some can't, but I would say in general, we've taken giant steps because my mother couldn't and she had to endure this. And it ended up, she told me, which I thought was really interesting, that when she married her husband, Paul, um, her stepfather hung himself across from the hotel they were in in New York. Isn't that wild? Whoa, yeah. Yeah, I mean... it's just incredible that he hung himself. But anyway, um, and this was the man that, you know, sexually abused her and she ran away from home from. So I don't know. She had to do a lot. And, you know, that was such the early days, you know. And that was at a time when it was passe to say anything about any kind of abuse or anything that was going on in your life. You brushed things under the rug and you had to pretend that everything was okay. And now you hope that there's more communication out there, that there's more help, that there's more ways for people who are being abused to reach out. And you do see it with sex trafficking and things like that, that there is that ability to don't be afraid. You are not alone. You are not the only one. I think that's the good side of the internet. There's so many bad sides of the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's also a good side for a kid. And, you know, I'm actually, um, I'm actually in this middle of this multi gazillion dollar suit against the trainer, our trainer, it was on the front of the New York times, I think in 2017 that sexually abused 23 of us. So I had, I had that um, situation too. And what I'm going to do with the money that we win, hopefully we will is I'm going to set up um, like a 911 line for kids you know, yeah. that would be like one, 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 so they can call for help because I think it's really important. Like for me, I didn't want to tell my mom what was going on because I would have been taken away. And for me, I, I needed to win to feel like I existed in life at that time, because oddly enough, my father, who was an alcoholic and had been like terrorizing of me. So I had, I found, um, my sense of self with horses. Mm -hmm. So I was afraid to tell her because of that. So I hit it and all these girls hit it. And that was like the early eighties. So I guess I'm still in the early, early eighties. You were like not allowed to say stuff. So, but I hope like if kids out there still have problems, you know, like for me, if I could have dialed one, 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 I would have said, hi, I'm at the Flint Ridge riding club this trainer is doing such and such to me and I am scared and then, you know, have someone investigate it. And I wouldn't have had to say my name. That's the point. Cause I think sometimes it's hard to say your name because you do get scared of the repercussions. It's, it's standing up for yourself. You know, um, my daughter at school is in a situation and she's standing up for herself because I've learned how to talk. You know, the one amazing thing about my mom is, you know, my mom, we have our ups and downs. So I grew up in a very angry home. Okay. And, but so I didn't want to share things with her, but there were things that she, she did that were, were really great, which was armed me with knowledge about traveling overseas. Cause you go overseas, it's 10, hundred times worse than it is over here. Wow. And yeah. how to protect yourself, you know, when I was modeling and, you know, never order, get, never re- take a drink that's that you don't know who poured it, you know, all, oh my all little, God, little that's details. amazing. 
you know, and these were really, this were, I was 18. So I felt lucky enough to really like, just watch myself right. <laughs> and be like, and I had a stance, which was nobody ever asked me on a date, which is hilarious. And I, I was like, mom, why won't <laughs> anybody ask me on a date? Um, because I have a don't fuck with me <laughs> attitude oh my of, um, on, my, on my body, which is hilarious. But I was always, I always needed to protect myself. So now, you know, the things I talk to my daughter about, if something inappropriate is happening at school, you need to reach out. I mean, you know, you need to stand up for yourself because to stop things that are happening to somebody else, because this will stop the cycle. You have to stop the cycle and you have to reach out and talk to somebody that can help you. And, um, and I think that that's the real, the message of this conversation too, is just somebody's got to let you know that it is okay. And, you know, the repercussions of peer pressure is also awful, I, I think, too, because then, you know, you've got friends sticking up for friends saying you shouldn't do that. You have to go, well, you know what, it's not happening to you, it's happening to me. Yeah, that peer pressure in school, I was lucky I missed it. I think because I was so focused on the Olympics and training and riding that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I missed so much school. Like I took my finals in high school at the, the U.S. equestrian team in Gladstone, New Jersey. And I'll never wow. forget Bertrand Zanussi walking in in his jodhpurs, right? And going, <laughs> all right, you start now, you know. <laughs> I, it was just so surreal. I was taking the test, you know, upstairs above all these beautiful stalls that were so gorgeous with brass and this and that, you know, in this room full of all these medals. It was kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. But um, back to my mom really quickly. So here's what I have to say is that, you know, love can come in many forms. Message my mom left me with, which was like my mom died in my arms, which is really yeah. wild because I like yeah. she was the first to hold me and I'm the last to hold her. And um, the last word she said to me, which Lena Headey, who's the star of my new movie, which is being released um April 15th when Lena and I first met, thank you very much. It's, it's been incredible. And it's an incredible movie about second chances, by the way, but it's kind of like when you and I first spoke, it was horses, right? Well, when she yes. and I first spoke, I don't know how it got about my mom. And so I told her this whole story about my mom and her la the last words she said, you know, before she passed away and Lena gave me a rap gift of a tattoo okay and she used to tease me and I was like I, I figured okay Ari I'll just like have it burned off like I'm never gonna have a tattoo I've never had a tattoo nor do I want a tattoo and she has a million tattoos okay but that's yeah. another story of why it was kind of smart how she did it it was like how you never took a drink you know so it, right. she would put them on so in her young days of working a director couldn't say okay I want to put a sex scene in here like they'd have to clear the tattoos, which means they'd have to talk to her manager, which means they couldn't just throw her in, you know, and I'm sure you experienced that too as a young actress. So that's how Lena got her tattoos, which are kind of fascinating. Long story short is, so she tells me she's going to give me a tattoo of sausage dogs. You know, I have a dachshund, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I'm like, you are not putting a freaking sausage dog on me. Anyway, so she looked at me and she goes, I trusted you. You have to trust me. So I go meet her and her boyfriend and they blindfold me and they put a tattoo on me. And the guy's going, I'm a really famous tattoo artist. I've never done this blindfolded. I don't even know what they're going to have me put on you. And I was like, oh, my God, what am I doing? OK, I'll just have it taken off. That's it. Right. And so they yeah. said, where do you want it? I go inside of my wrist. 
cut to they take off the blindfold everybody in the room is crying it was my mother's last words which were be strong don't quit that's what's on the inside of my wrist and i will never take that off that is the woman who influenced me a lot her last words to me were bigger than i love you and uh, every time i had problems on this movie which there were a lot in post and casting always came to save me i would be like grabbing my head going i can't believe i'm in this and i would look down ari and it's right there where your watch is be strong don't quit and i would go okay mom i'm gonna keep going because you know we can't quit in life to all of your listeners whether they're trying to study for it to be a nurse or this or that you can't quit and that's the one thing i learned from my mother because so many times you know in life you get me too you get you know gaslit you get bullied you get told you suck you're nothing you're no one you'll never make it and you just have to be strong and not quit and it'll happen i'd love that yeah absolutely and it's so true because we get so discouraged especially when you're working hard on something and you hear no all the time and and, and it doesn't matter what industry or business you're in exactly you, know, you have an idea and someone shoots it down or you know it's one opinion a lot of the times when you're one on one it's one opinion it's not the opinion of everybody in the world it's just one person and that's why you have to keep trying absolutely and you cannot quit and you cannot take people's words as truth Especially mm-hmm. if you believe it in your gut. I mean, look, if I was like trying to be, you know, a major dancer, I'm sure. I mean, I have to really look at myself and accept, assess myself. I am not a dancer. Okay. <laughs> right. Or if I was trying to be a trapeze artist, like then you might like have to just reassess, but exactly. you know, not when something's very e- easily in your grasp. So, right. I, and I just thought like, it's really amazing. I, I actually forgot about the horse conversation until you mentioned it today. And the interesting thing is, is I never realized Lena even heard me talk about my mother. And there it was on my wrist and it'll never come off my wrist. And every time I have a problem, you know, you kind of grab your head sometimes. And there've been a lot of problems in post on our movie. Mm -hmm. I would look, I would just, but I'd look down to see what time it was. And there's that be strong, don't quit. And I go, okay, mom. All right. I'm just going to take a breath and keep going. So, it's very important in life to have people that encourage you. And, you know, even if you don't have it in your life, find it in writings. Like lots of times I look at Tony Robbins, right? Mm-hmm. People, someone just sent me the course of miracles, which I, I am having a hard time understanding, but I'm listening to it every day. <laughs> um, you know, when you say, I don't know, you know, there's just different ways to get it. And I think it's so important in any place in life. Even I want to say, like, look at, look at the example in Ukraine. How do those people keep going? How do they leave? How, how do they keep going? And they do. They're like David against Goliath. They really are. And you know what I feel? I mean, they have someone standing up for them. They have someone. And I really do believe that there are just, there are true followers, right? And you're going to, you're, whatever that person above is bleeding down is how people are going to start feeling. If you have somebody who's depressing, well, you're probably going to start to feel that energy a lot. But this this president is so resilient. Like, I'm not going anywhere. Thank you. I don't need a ride. 
I need artillery. Like I need help, you know, like he's been amazing. Is, yeah. He's been amazing. Yes. And, and maybe some people don't agree with that from whatever corrupts some things and everyone's throwing things. Every nation is corrupt, including our own. Absolutely. So this is about human humanitarian issues and what some big giant bully is doing coming in, trying to take this away from trying to take this country away from him. That's what I believe, you know? Yeah, well, my mom used to say, take a stand for something or you fall for anything. I don't know where she oh. got that. Is that like a famous saying? I have no idea, but I remember it growing up. I don't know. I'll look it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess but I that's what that. I love about our world, because you can play characters that give people hope. And I can write movies that give people hope. You know, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. why I like I really liked directing this movie um, I wrote because it is about second chances and it's like, you never know where you're going to get your second chance. Yeah. And you think it's one thing and it's another. And um, so I hope you, I hope you see it. I'm really I do. excited. I will. Yeah, it's will, called will Nine Bullets. It? Yeah. They, they changed the title to Nine Bullets. It was Nine called Bullets. Gypsy Moon. Personally, it's a drama with some action. So any of you out there that see it, they've kind of renamed it as an action movie. But to me, it's more of a drama with some action. So, but nice. I'm not a marketing specialist. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do your job well and let, yeah. Other let the marketers figure it out. But yeah, anyway, it exactly. is about second chances and you never know where you're going to get your second chance. You know, that I love that. And it really bleeds into my next question for you because you left directing for a while, right? You were out for a bit and then came back. Well, I, writing. I first started as a writer. Oh, for writing. For writing. Right. Yeah, okay, I was so directing music for... videos, but, and I actually did, yeah, I did a documentary, but yeah. 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 And how, how many years were you off of? Like 12. 12, yeah. And now you're back. Your second yeah, chance, Yeah, and it was right? crazy. Yeah, I'm on my second chance. And it's crazy because I actually thought, you know, I'd, I'd sold so many scripts, sorry, all female driven and a couple yeah. non-female driven actually but mostly female driven and I was like way before my time mm -hmm. and um I remember Harvey Weinstein bought my first script which was about a girl who's a tomboy equestrian champion <laughs> stumbles <laughs> into a drag bar sees men that are more feminine than she's dreamed of being and gets the old drag queen to teach her how to become a woman my fair lady La Caja Fall um. Professor Higgins and drag Harvey bought that for Drew Barrymore. And, um, you know, I thought, wow, Drew Barrymore is attached. We'll get this done. It never happened, you know. And then Ron Howard bought this other movie for a ton of money about a woman named Magda Lupescu, who was queen of Romania. Romania hated Jews. She yeah. ended up, she was hiding that she was a Jew. It was during World War II. And ended up the crown prince of Romania fell in love with her. It's an amazing kind of Dr. Zhivago love story. Never got made. So I just figured I, I just figured I was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And I should never have quit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my yeah. mom should have tattooed that on my forehead yeah. <laughs> way back then. But then I just thought I got so lost following a career that wasn't my soul. So that's mm -hmm. what I have to tell your listeners. And then I thought, this is insane. I have to go back to what makes me breathe and what makes me alive. And I thought, well, it'll be easy. I sold 17 scripts, two for a million dollars. I will just get back in so fast. No, it's like I was 18 again, struggling. 
and now it's opening up now it's opening up now it's good i'm in a in the right place at the right time and all i can just say to anyone here is follow your dream and your passion and what makes you feel alive even if you're starving because you know what you're more alive starving following your dream than if you are richer and follow and doing a job that you hate because i know a lot of wealthy people that are doing jobs that they hate and i'm more alive than them wow and they have jets okay right so well said. uh that's i think especially now when you see life could leave us in a second you know like we mm-hmm. just don't know what's going on look we've been through a huge pandemic and now we're facing some psycho that has his hand on a nuclear bomb that could you know, nuke the whole world at any minute when he decides to. Yeah. So, you know, we have to just do, life is so short. I guess that's what I, I've learned too lately. You have to really do what moves you and what you love. Absolutely. And it's so possible to to live the way you want to live. It just takes effort. Typically the way society, uh, it's outside the society box, right? Like this, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed right. to go to your nine to five job. You're supposed to, right. you know, pay your bills. Save your... And it's like, why, why, why do we have to do it that way? Why can't we do it this way? And, you know, and have the confidence that it's going to work out. Yeah. Or I wish I, I wish I understood Bitcoin. Look at all the fortunes people are making. I know. With Bitcoin and NFTs and all that stuff. I mean, who knew? Like, it's just incredible. And they don't have to go. They, they're probably making a shit ton of money and doing stuff that they want to do on the side. I, I have no idea. But it's just yeah. incredible what's open there for us. It is. It's, it's, it's a market that will start to be, I'm sure, taxed in some way. The government's trying to get their hands on it now. Because my girlfriend, who was on this show, her name's Elsa Ramon. She left uh, being a journalist for CBS. Wow. She didn't, she didn't want to be under the thumb of a big corporation and is now in the Bitcoin NFT world. And she's reporting on that, getting herself into that as well. And it's been a long journey, hard journey for her. You know, she started with a company and then that failed. And now she's on to her new one called the Verse Network. And, you know, and she's building her own space. And she did. A lot of people thought she was crazy. And um, again, she shared this on another podcast, but be, for not all that money she was making on CBS for like, she has two kids mm-hmm. and you know, and she's not married. And you're like, why are you doing this? She's like, because I don't believe in what I'm doing anymore. I need to believe wow. I need to do what I believe in. What a great a, woman. Yeah. Really wonderful woman. And so, you know, and, and, and much like you, and it's just, I love these second chances in our age. I don't want anyone to ever think, Oh, I'm, you know, over the age of, of 40 and I can't get a job. It's like, it's not true that life doesn't exist anymore. It might be harder. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I have to say something like I never knew my mom's age. Okay. Here we go back to my mom again. I love and it. my mom was like, okay. My mom was a Christian scientist, but she's always said she was a bad one because she believed in doctors. Cause she figured if God created doctors, we're supposed to go to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And she would have a glass of wine every once in a while. But let's get to the age thing. Christian scientists don't discuss their age. And she would say age is just a number and age limits you. Why should you tell people your age? I'm not going to limit me, but others are going to limit me. So she never told her age cut to the only time she was ever sick in my lifetime. She broke her neck. Someone uh, crashed into her in a car. Okay, Mm. so I go to find her at UCLA. And I walk in and I go, yeah, um, I'm looking for my mom. 
blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I think um, she's like 80, 83. And they go, oh, I'm sorry, there's no one um, by the age of that here. And I go, okay. And they go, but there's someone 97. And I go, oh, no, 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 that's not my mom. I know she's like 80 or 83. All right, maybe I have the wrong hospital. I go back out to the car and I call again my friend who told me where she was. And they said, UCLA. And I go, huh, well, there's no one here. My mom's not here. Where the fuck, excuse my language, where the whatever blank is my mom. So I go back in. It suddenly hit me about Christian science and age, right? Yeah. So I go back in and I said to them, by the way, out of curiosity, does that 97-year-old woman have red hair? (laughs) And they said yes. So I went into the hallway to find her. And she was there with, you know, the thing around the neck and all that stuff, barely conscious. And I looked at her. She goes, so help me, God, Gigi, if you repeat my age one more time, I will fucking get up out of this thing and I will kill you. I had I couldn't lie to the doctor in case he had to operate. And I I learned how old my mother was that day. Wow. And you would never have known it. She never had a facelift. She had great DNA. But what she had that was more important that I think I think affected her dna was her energy and her focus and her positivity and not her getting up going oh my god i've just gotten to be 90 do you know that my mother lived to 103 she had me at 57 i think she lived to 103 and she wrote her book at 100 and it was published by harper collins wow is that alone together yes yeah isn't that Mm -hmm. shocking so you know she said to me if someone had told me I couldn't write a book at a hundred and limited me, then that book would have never been written. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just think we have to stop focusing in on our age, even though this is a world of ageism. <laughs> so. Right. Right. But you're right. You do have to. And because I think it shows, you know, it's um, I love my mother to death, but every single time I speak with her, she says, well, do it while you're young. Do oh, it while you're young. I'm like, Oh yeah. my gosh. And I have to hold my breath and I just go, yep, I will. And I, you know, and I, I have to limit the amount of time I, I speak with her because I just go, it is, it is an unbelievable negative way to think consistently in your life. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I'm picked up skiing again. Like I ski and, you know, we, we have our house in Lake Tahoe now. So I go back and forth to Los Angeles and Lake Tahoe and I'm living my best life Wow, going on adventures. You know, and I mean, I'm working too, but I'm like, I'm fitting in things that I am an outdoor girl. I love it with the horse. You know, I'm not riding horses right now. So I'm like, I need another sport. I need another outdoor sport. So I found water, my back to water skiing and back to snow, snow skiing and stuff. So it's great for me. And I'm like, I, I don't, same with you. I'm like, I don't, age is just a number. I'm proud of it if you need to hear it. But I mean, I don't, I don't physically feel, um, you know, an age. I feel great for, for who I am. You know, the California artist, Ed Ruscha, he's, he's an artist. No, yeah, he's like a modern artist. He, I get, you know, like I think his work sells for like, I don't know. I don't even want to say, cause I'm not a collector. He's pretty <laughs> like famous artist, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Ed Ruscha. Oh no, it was Laddie Dill. That's who said this to my mom. So she's at one of his openings. I thought this was hilarious. And because I was trying to get her to move to Venice, I think Venice is so cool. And I thought she was kind of hip for whatever age she was since, you know, she 
because she was a spy during World War II, she can change her passport, unlike us. Yeah. Anyway, so um, Laddie Dill was like totally enamored with her at his opening, right? And I'm watching him and he leans over and he goes, he goes, says to her, listen, um, I just have to ask you, how old are you? You're just so fascinating. And she says, well, Laddie, can you keep a secret? And he leans in and he goes, yes. And she goes, so can I. <laughs> <laughs> so Aww. I just loved that. His face, he laughed and laughed. And then said, oh, that's touché. wonderful. Yeah, it's touche for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I thought uh, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh, you've shared so many wonderful things, Gigi. It's just so exciting to have you on here and so very special. I feel very honored that you took the time to chat with me and, um, you know, for to share with our listeners your story. And I appreciate that. Well, thank you. I want to work again with you. I hope I get yeah. to work with you again. You're so amazing. So we we absolutely will for sure. And we'll do it. We'll do it. Now that we've had the conversation, we're on it. We're going to, we're going to yeah. be sharing My bucket something list. else. Okay, perfect. Yeah. What's your bucket list? Uh, to, to work with you again. Oh yeah. I'm on the bucket list. Woo. <laughs> we're going to do it. Awesome. Well, Gigi, thank you. I'm, I, I can't wait to share this, this podcast episode with everybody. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you, Gigi. And uh, until next time, everybody. 